Welcome to Manufacturing Talk Radio, the only show that takes a look at the obstacles and opportunities open to small to mid-sized enterprises that manufacture here in America. Brought to you by All Metals and Forge Group, with your hosts, Tim Grady and Lou Wise. Welcome, everyone, to Manufacturing Talk Radio. We are uh, here today with uh, two guests from the Institute of Supply Management, who we will introduce shortly. Uh, before we get to our guests and a very special report that they put out every year at this time, uh, I'd like to go to Lou, my co-host. Lou, how are you today? I'm doing well. Doing well. Thanks for asking. Um, great, great. I, I Wanted to give a little postscript before we get into the show regarding uh, last week's uh, show. Um, and we had uh, last week discussions regarding American manufacturing and uh, the comeback and will have uh, sustained for, and for how long. And perhaps uh, today ISM can even address some of those issues. But last week we were very fortunate to have uh, – uh, Kevin uh, Wolf from Powell Manufacturing uh, in Phoenix, uh, Arizona, and we had um, uh, Karen Norheim, who's Vice President of American Crane in Philadelphia, um, and I'm not sure about Philadelphia, I know it was Pennsylvania. Uh, we had Don Ringle of uh, Warner Communications, who was spokesperson for Linda Regano of ThomasNet, who unfortunately had a uh, personal emergency and was not on the show, but she has been in the past and will be again in the future. Um, the show is uh, worth listening to. It's up on our uh, website at mfgtalkradio.com, and it's uh, talking a lot about what's going on in the nation now uh, with regards to reshoring and millennials and uh, jobs and so on. Um, and today we are going to be, our news story today is uh, the ISM annual 2015 financial forecast. And uh, Tim, I'll let you do the intros. Great, great. Uh, we have both Brad Holcomb, who is the chair of the Manufacturing Report on Business with the Institute of Supply Management. And joining us shortly will be his counterpart for the non-manufacturing report on business, that's Tony Nieves. Um, Brad, how are you today? I'm just fine, thank you. It's great to be here, and we have a, a good report and forecast for 2015 to discuss. Good. And uh, Tony, how are you doing out there on the West Coast? Great, thank you. You got the warm weather in uh, San Diego or wherever you are? Uh, Los Angeles. It's uh, very nice, about 65 degrees right now. Oh, look at that. Any boats floating around out there? (laughs) (laughs) Well, Brad, let's get right into it. It's 50 in Dallas, so it's a little cooler here. Uh, Well, let's get right into the uh, annual forecast. This is, uh, I know you, you gentlemen have been busy this morning. You've been on the Wall Street Journal radio, Wall Street Journal. I guess you've got Bloomberg on your docket today. So we appreciate you taking the time to join us here on Manufacturing Talk Radio. Absolutely. Thank you. Brad, why don't you, why don't you uh, jump into the uh, manufacturing side and uh, and feel free to, to toss it back and forth with Tony for the non-manufacturing input because these really two dovetail together. And I'll stay out of the way. Good. Well, uh, again, this is Brad Holcomb. Um, let me just set the table here for manufacturing and for the forecast overall, um, we have reported uh, consistently this year, each month, uh, a positive trend in, in manufacturing uh, with the PMI at 58.7 in November, which is just three-tenths off its high point of 59, which we saw twice this year but haven't seen a 59 in about uh, three years. So uh, November was a very, very solid number. And our forecast now that we're reporting on uh, talks about a continuation and an expansion of that growth into 2015 with revenues on the manufacturing side expected to be 5.6% up compared to 
a reported 3.6% increase for 2014. So a nice uh, uh, gain and expansion expected for 2015 on the manufacturing side. And uh, we'll talk about some of those highlights uh, in a few minutes. Uh, Tony, over to you. Well, when you look at non-manufacturing, uh, as we've recovered from the recession, it's been 58 consecutive months of growth for the composite, and it was slow, sustainable growth uh, out of the gate. And over the past several months, we've seen a very large uh, or substantial increase in the composite index month over month, now at 59.3, and business activity at 64.4. All, these are all November's numbers. And it's continued on as we look at the semiannual forecast as our respondents feel um, quite good about what's going on in the economy and overall business conditions. Um, they currently are forecasting that business revenues will go up uh, 10% in 2015, which is uh, very high. Uh, and when you look at um, you know previous uh, forecasts, and their operating rate is currently at um, 87.6, which really reflects a strong uh, efficiency in the respective companies. And the capacity to produce has also uh, gone up to 3.6%. So when you look at, um, you know, and we'll drill further into this, but when you look at overall the non-manufacturing sector, it's uh, very robust. And Brad, how about capital expenditures and capacity utilization on the manufacturing side? Yeah, our operating rate or capacity utilization is at 83.7, and it's gone up from a year ago at 80.3. So 83.7 is uh, is a strong number, and it's approaching what we normally think of as you know f- uh, fully fully loaded, and that would be 85%. So we can expect. Uh, some increases in capital expenditure, and I'll come back to that in a minute uh, for the year as a result of our our bullish forecast. Uh, Production capacity did increase in 2014 by 5.3%, and it's expected to increase 5.6% more, a very similar number to 2014 next year in 2015. And those uh, those gains in capacity uh, will be achieved with the following four strategies. Number one is additional personnel. Number two is is more hours worked, and number three is uh, added plants and equipment, and four uh, technical advancements. Okay. And Tony, how about expenditure? I'm sorry. Let me continue. Let me continue with capital expenditures, uh, very related to production capacity and operating uh, rate. Of course, in 2014, a very large uh, expenditure of 14.7 percent, beating the April forecast of 10.3 percent. So a strong year this current year in capital expenditures to increase capacity and to make things more efficient. For 2015, the expectation is at 3.7%. Uh, however, that number does become fluid as the year progresses. And if we continue to, to see growth, uh, then the chief financial officers will uh, no doubt open up the purse springs and uh, there'll be more capital expenditures. And, and Tony, on your side, uh, how do one uh, of the, the key strategies the non-manufacturing sector is looking at for their growth? Well, it's very similar to um, what we see in manufacturing. Um, additional personnel is number one. Uh, more hours work with existing personnel, and additional plant or equipment and replacing equipment with technically advanced equipment. So very very similar, as I said, to manufacturing and how they look to um, increase capacity uh, for the non-manufacturing sector. And just for our listeners, Tony, who who may not understand the difference between the manufacturing and the non-manufacturing, particularly when you talk about equipment, 
What's the difference? But how do you how do you folks at ISM divide those two out? Well, when you look at um, non-manufacturing, it's the 18 industries that are most often referred to as service-type industries. Uh, when you look at what comprises that, uh, for instance, uh, you know, there's agricultural, forestry, fishing, and hunting is one sector or one industry within the sector. You have uh, a combination in food services, professional, scientific, and technical services. These are the type of companies. And they also, even though they're not manufacturing or producing, say, tangible goods of an output, they are, however, utilizing equipment in producing the type of services or deliverables that they have as for respective companies within these industries. And, uh, you know, for an example, uh, it could be anything from an information system platform to a new ERP. It could be uh, uh, something along the lines of uh, whatever they're producing and say if there, it's a wholesale distribution is one of those industries that are part of this sector. And it could be anything from uh, innovation in their logistics to, uh, you know, materials handling, anything along those lines. So that, that kind of gives you a little bit of a delineation there. Appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, and in your in their annual forecast, I see that you're forecasting a, a, uh, a 4.2% growth um, in terms of capital expenditures, which is higher than a year ago, but it's still less than the 10.8% uh, in April. Um I guess we had a very good year last year, and as Brad was saying, if the first, if the we have a very good year this year, the purse strings will open up, and that that 4.2 percent number could go higher. Is that correct? Well, it could very well, but the forecast right now is such that you know 10.8 was I thought uh, you know back then was wow that was that was very very uh, confident uh, of our respondents to feel that way, and 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 quite frankly. It may have started out that way and leveled off a bit by year end, and even at what we're forecasting now around the 4% to 3.8% increase in 2015, uh, that is still uh, not a bad number considering, uh, you know, back uh, when we were in the recessionary period, we were lucky to see 2% or just flat um, year over year for capital mm-hmm. expenditure. And, Brad, how does uh... – uh, this look for uh, you know 2015 the overall report. I'd like to go into it in a little more depth because I think capital expenditure certainly is an area that uh, everybody kind of watches uh, to see if that picks up. Uh, and also prices. How are prices looking uh, for your report? Yeah, a, c- a couple more of the the, the specifics. Uh, again, an overall very optimistic outlook where 93% of our respondents are predicting that 2015 will be the same or better than uh, 2014. Um, some of the, again, some of the details there is that prices of raw materials are expected to increase 1.5%, very, very similar to, to this year and very very much controlled and, and modest price increases on the input side. Then on the labor and benefit side, they're expecting a 3.2% increase in 2015, which is about a point higher than we have experienced uh, this year. Um, and, and, and if you look at those cost increases, uh, compare that with what we mentioned about revenue increases of 5.6%. That all adds up to an expansion in profit margins for our companies, uh, which allows them to, to reinvest in their businesses, to have the opportunity to put more capital into it. And again, we'll see how the year progresses as to whether that number of 3.7% capital expenditure increases as a result. But the numbers are certainly lining up for an expansion and profit margin, healthy companies, which we all like to see. And, Brad, just for our listeners, am I correct that this is the same body of respondents that you use throughout the year to develop the monthly reports? Yes, exactly. We have... um, all of our panelists sprinkled throughout the 18 different sectors in manufacturing, uh, 
many of them have uh, lots of longevity and lots of experience within their companies, are, are well-connected inside, and have the ability to, to network with uh, the appropriate people to produce this forecast as well as their monthly report. Tony, how many uh, respondents or panelists does uh, does the ISM use to develop the non-manufacturing report? It's very similar. We have a total of you know 350 respondents across the board, and you know one thing to note is that when ISM, um, because it, it does perpetuate in the sense that when some people may change jobs or companies, and ISM you know will always continue to recruit folks to to be a participant on the business survey committees that we look to um, include those respondents according to what uh, the contribution to GDP from the respective industries are. So we try to get this, uh, the output as close as possible. That's why the ISM report on business maps so closely to GDP growth when you go back and look at it uh, over a period of time. And how about prices in the non-manufacturing side, Tony? Well, uh, similar to what Brad had reported on, uh, it's you know cost containment has been paramount for for our respondents. And when you look at uh, price increases uh, across 2014, it was up 1.7 percent. And we didn't really see strong pricing other than in certain commodities, food commodities, and we saw petroleum and petroleum-based products also have strong pricing, and that has waned as we have seen in the, in the past few months. And what they're forecasting is pricing to increase 2.5% in 2015. That's in total, and it seems to be split almost evenly in the first half and second half of the year as far as these price increases. So they're saying they may go up a little bit. I think this is probably attributed to supply and demand. As we see, you know, the projection for revenue to go up 10%, um, that's going to increase that demand out there and and affect the supply, and we'll see some pricing uh, affected by that. Still, uh, we're not seeing strong pricing power out there. It's still competitive. Consumers are still uh, very picky. They're they're uh, um, they have choices. So it's um, you know it'll be it'll remain to be seen. Exactly where we wind up, but 2.5, I think, is a is a very realistic uh, projection for uh, prices uh, for 2015. Gentlemen, this is Lou, and uh, not to be the naysayer or the contrarian, uh, and I'm aware that probably out of the 350 plus individuals on your panel, there are things that may be going on in the in the country that these folks are not totally aware of so their 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 responses to your questions are in response to the question not necessarily things that are going on in the country so to take that one step point further before we break for a commercial break um there are things going on in the uh, Los Angeles port uh for example that uh could have uh, interference in our uh, economy. And uh, I, I don't know if you have any comments uh, on that. Do you feel that any of that perhaps has any potential negative influence on what's projected for uh, next year's uh, uh, financial situation here in the U.S.? Well, I think that's uh, a great question. You know, and I think that we have to look at you know this pricing that's being forecasted here is in 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 total it's in totality and that um you know there's always going to be the unforeseen that you know the mitigating circumstance that will arise however um you know at the time of when we gathered the data uh from our respondents and what was uh, reflected uh, by them is that this is what they see you know it's very hard to um uh forecast the the unknown but uh Still, in, in that regard, um, at this point, not not to try and defend the numbers, but to kind of explain that the derivative of these numbers is such that, uh, again, it's looking at it in the aggregate across you know the entire country, as you mentioned. Well, we're going to take a commercial break, but I do want to come back to that point uh, when we do come back, and we'll address that just for another few moments. Uh, and let's take it away for a commercial break. 
Manufacturing Talk Radio will be right back. All Metals and Forge Group is an ISO 9001 AS and EN 9100 manufacturer of open die forgings and seamless rolled rings in alloy, carbon, stainless and tool steels, aluminum, copper, titanium, and nickel alloys. Visit us at steelforge.com or call 800-600-9290. American Crane and Equipment Corporation in Douglasville, Pennsylvania is a leader in specialized cranes, hoists, and material handling equipment for industries including aerospace, nuclear, oil and gas, transit, construction, and waste handling. Call 877-877-6778 or visit AmericanCrane.com. That's AmericanCrane.com or 877-877-6778. Welcome back to Manufacturing Talk Radio. We're back, and the question that I was uh, left off at before our commercial break was about how potentially is the uh, port issue going to be affecting uh, the uh, forecast and the uh, U.S. economy going forward. Uh, I did want to mention also that on December 23rd, Uh, we are going to have a high-ranking individual from that world of the West Coast ports who will be able to give us, if it's not settled before then, uh, will be able to give us some insight into what the real issues are and why there are slowdowns and uh, uh, striking events uh, going on when people out there are earning between 100 thousand dollars a year and three hundred thousand dollars a year and negatively affecting our country uh, so we will be talking about that on October on December 23rd one o'clock uh, Eastern Standard Time at MFG talk radio.com and uh, back to uh, ISM and uh, the latest uh, forecast Brad, a question for you. This uh, report, is, you know, you're, you take your monthly report and you, you uh, share with our listeners that this number equates to a GDP of, and, and that's been pretty solid. What is this report forecasting for GDP for 2015, if it does? Well, it, it doesn't specifically. Uh, some of the metrics uh, in that this is a forecast uh, are different. Uh, we don't have uh, an applicable uh, correlation or look to, look up table uh, for 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 you know to answer your question. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, right now manufacturing uh, rate uh, is suggestive of about a four percent. Uh, GDP increase uh, for this year at the current time, and we're, you know, forecasting uh, expansion and and uh, growth for next year. So we'll we'll just have to see how that plays out. But again, it should be a, a good solid year. And labor and cost benefits, I know, is the next section of this report. And Brad, why don't you handle the manufacturing piece of it, and then we'll talk with Tony about the non-manufacturing piece of it. Yeah, labor and benefits are expected to increase 3.2% in 2015. Uh, that's up about a point on the manufacturing side from, from this year. And I think that's consistent with what we've been hearing about, um, you know, the job market, uh, unemployment uh, uh, situation uh, improving, uh, some skilled labor uh, being difficult to find. So, there's a little bit of leverage uh, on on the labor and benefit side, you know, in in favor of these kinds of uh, increases and in pay raises, but it's still such that we combine that with uh, prices of raw materials up only one and a half percent, you know, plenty of opportunity for margin expansion as I've mentioned. And Tony, how about on the non-manufacturing side? What does the uh, annual forecast? Uh, put out there for 2015 for labor and benefit costs? Well, when you look at labor and benefit costs for non-manufacturing, 
they're projecting that it will go up uh, 2.1 percent uh, at the end of 2015 compared to uh, the 2.6 percent that was uh, predicted uh, last year for 2014. And as Brad mentioned, you know, looking at the employment picture, uh, we're looking at 1.7 percent for non-manufacturing, which seems, uh, you know, not not as robust as other areas of the report. But goes back to what we were saying uh, as far as companies seem to be doing so much more with less as they've become more efficient, and and what's reflected with the operating rate and everything else uh, that associates with with um, our respondents' feelings. And, and forecast for, for the non-manufacturing sector. Brad, in this report, do you also ask respondents for uh, questions or do they give you comments as you have in the monthly reports? Uh, not, not in the normal sense, not in a similar way, but we did ask two special questions this time. Uh, one of those questions was with respect to uh, companies that have uh, signaled to us that they have more unfilled jobs uh, than normal. And so we tried to, to poke a little bit more deeply into that question. And uh, what we found was that uh, on the manufacturing side, for those organizations that have uh, reported having more unfilled jobs than usual in 2014. Um, actually, you know, 39.5% said that they have a typical number of unfilled jobs. Uh, but our next response was that, you know, for those that have uh, more unfilled jobs, they're having a harder time finding qualified applicants to fill those jobs, and that response rate was 28.8%. So, you know, finding qualified uh, applicants uh, it is an issue. Uh, we've had comments along the way this year in that regard, and uh, this just captions that point. So, um, you know, companies will, will work harder to find qualified applicants. There'll be more you know, job, job uh, hopping and uh, and training and all of those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tony, hey. how about on the non-manufacturing? I'm sorry, Brad. No, go ahead. Um, Tony, how about on the non-manufacturing side? Or, or what are you hearing in terms of that special question? Well, it's similar to manufacturing. Uh, percentage percentage breakouts a little bit different uh, for the for the same uh, currently having a typical number of unfilled job openings it's 46.5% which is uh, slightly higher than than what was reported for manufacturing and as far as qualified individuals it's almost 10% less it's at 19.1% which is still you know a significant or a substantial percentage of uh, going out there trying to find qualified applicants so if we look in order uh, as it was answered for this special question uh, it, it lines up almost the same or exactly the same as, as manufacturing, just the percentage breakdown is a little different. Mm-hmm. And just so our listeners keep in mind that uh, the non-manufacturing sector is about 78% of the economy, so that 19% is of a 78% much bigger number. Lou? Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, yeah, I was uh, looking at... Uh, uh, past shows that we've done uh, regarding uh, gray hairs, millennials, and uh, the 600,000 uh, vacant jobs in manufacturing, uh, particularly today. Um, and yet we are forecasting, and I'm, I'm not looking to defend the number, I'm just finding there's a disparity between the two, that the numbers are going up, and yet our employment issues are remaining virtually the same. We have the same problems of uh, not enough skilled uh, labor. Uh, training programs are uh, they're coming online in various ways, but the question is, are they going to bring on enough skilled labor over the course of the next year to be able to absorb the reshoring that is going on and the increase in general manufacturing? Um, 
I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, but this is certainly a dilemma that we are hearing. And we heard last week from uh, Kevin Wolf at uh, uh, Powell Manufacturing and uh, also American Crane where they were talking about their um, employment issues and the things that they're doing to uh, bring in new labor to be able to handle the in, influx of business, especially power man, manufacturing, who is in the aerospace industry, and aerospace is um, really a, a booming uh, sector right now, and uh, it certainly takes a lot more training for aerospace um, uh, component parts than it does other types of industries. So, uh, again, I'm, I guess I'm coming back to the same question. Uh, how are we going to be able to fulfill the forecast with these same issues that have been plaguing us uh, for some time and may well continue for a while? So I don't mean to put you on the spot, but I'm just looking for your opinions. Well, you make a, a great point with, uh, you know, the gray-haired uh, folks. Um, and I noticed that looking in the mirror this morning, uh, <laughs> trying to uh, – you know, retire, and that will present obviously some additional challenges for for filling those those jobs. So, but um, you know, on the bright side, we know that uh, you know the American economy and and manufacturing and non-manufacturing, you know, very creative, uh, you know, people and organizations, uh, they they find a way to to overcome these uh, obstacles. And uh, take advantage of the uh, of the growth opportunity that's there. So, Brad, what's uh, the change in overall employment forecast for 2015? One and a half percent in 2015 for uh, for manufacturing. That's you know a very similar number uh, to uh, to this year and and recent times. So, one and a half percent is uh, is what's forecast it's like tony mentioned it's not a big number and it does also suggest on our side that uh, we're doing more with less we've heard that now for for years and years and years uh, that continues to be the the case where the capital expenditures uh, provide you know technical solutions and uh, equipment solutions to be able to accommodate more volume uh, with less relative labor. Mm-hmm. How about Tony? How about on the uh, non-manufacturing side? Well, um, as, as I mentioned, when looking at employment going up 1.7 percent, I think Lou had a had a great question in regards to um, the availability of skilled, qualified people, and as we see the jobs report that came out and. You know, all the new jobs being added, but again, a lot of the additions to the economy are in mid-level, you know, service industry type jobs. It's not the uh, technically advanced, high-skilled jobs that we've seen in the past. Some of those jobs have disappeared. We won't see them come back. Some people have left the workforce, and they'll never re-enter the workforce in the same fashion that they left. We're seeing more entrepreneurialism, but overall, you know, it becomes a, a more overreaching uh, question than, than just specifically to our semi-annual forecast. But in looking at it, um, companies have, as Brad mentioned, become accustomed to doing more with less. Some economists have felt that this has been a correction, uh, that we were maybe a little bit heavy in certain areas. But when you go through the transformation that many of these companies have, you also tend to glean out some skilled uh, uh, individuals that uh, does neg- negatively impact these respective companies within these industries. So hopefully, um, based on where we are capacity-wise and what we're seeing, that this will push, um, you know, more for a, a better uh, picture for the employment uh, uh, arena. So hopefully, uh, we'll see this go up even more than what is being predicted and forecasted by our respondents. Do Do you feel as though that the uh, technology uh, increase in improvements and robotics and 3D printing and all of the, the new uh, aspects of manufacturing will actually wind up having a positive effect where the, the gray hairs uh, who are leaving and the millennials who are looking for $100,000 desk jobs, uh, it might be a moot point. 
that maybe we really don't have a 600,000 600, person shortage in manufacturing? Maybe that's what we believe yeah. when, in fact, technology well, it, is absorbing? Yeah, I think technology is, is uh, you know, getting more and more interesting, you know, each year. And uh, it's able to do some amazing things, as, as we all know. You mentioned 3D printing, um, but simply, you know, digital technology and the ability to, to uh, you know, enhance the, the shop floor in, in amazing ways continues. So uh, one way or another, uh, manufacturing will solve these problems. Uh, they always have lots of ingenuity everywhere. And I'm not sure how it's going to be done, um, but I'm sure that manufacturing will will overcome these things and, as I said, be able to take advantage of the uh, sales growth opportunity that's in front of them. Well, I can sleep uh, sleep well at night after hearing that. Thank you. <laughs> I think we have a, uh, a commercial break uh, coming up here in a moment or so. Uh, Tim, do you have anything before uh, we take that break? Well, I, I don't know if you want to do that uh, early, and then we'll come back and get into exports, because that exports and imports are going to be the next uh, big area that certainly you're going to be watching uh, you're going to be watching in terms of the show, Lou, because uh, the what we what we see is a disruption in the West Coast that could affect uh, 30% of, of GDP if it isn't resolved fairly quickly, uh, because that's the amount of imports and exports uh, in the country. So um, we could take a commercial break now and interrupt that discussion, or keep that discussion whole, or we can uh, uh, to put part of it now or part of it later, however you want to call it. Let's go to a break. Manufacturing Talk Radio will be right back. All Metals and Forge Group manufactures open die forging in blocks, hubs, shafts, flanges, cylinders, gear blanks, and custom forge shapes, including seamless rolled rings in alloy, carbon, stainless and tool steels, aluminum, nickel alloys, copper and titanium for parts and assemblies in aerospace, oil and gas exploration, defense, machinery, transportation, shipbuilding, energy and power, pulp and paper, and many other industries. Visit steelforge.com or call 800-600-9290. It's no secret that manufacturers are having trouble filling jobs. Now with ThomasNet's new job board, help is on the way. For manufacturers, thomasnetjobs.com is the go-to resource to recruit new talent. Post your jobs and get in front of thousands of potential employees. Or if you're looking for a new job or you want to reinvent yourself, thomasnetjobs.com offers exciting opportunities from the shop floor to the C-suite in supply chain management, engineering, production, or sales. Remember, thomasnetjobs.com. Welcome back to Manufacturing Talk Radio. Welcome back to Manufacturing Talk Radio. We are here with uh, Brad Holcomb, who is the chair of the Manufacturing Report on Business, and Tony Nieves, who is the chair of the Non-Manufacturing Report on Business. And we're about to get into uh, the area of exports in the report. So, Brad, how do exports look for 2015? Uh, in terms of exports, uh, we ask our panel to focus on the, the first half of uh, 2015 in terms of their expectations, and we reduce uh, their responses to our diffusion index, uh, which uh, shows the, the direction and strength of, of change. And so for 2015, uh, our diffusion index for exports in the first half of the year is 72.6 percent, a pretty strong number, and that compares with the uh, prediction for 2014 first half uh, from a year ago of 71.7 percent. So it's up uh, about a point, um, and as you know, we've had uh, good, strong export uh, reports this year, I think 24 consecutive months. Uh, so certainly this year and all of last year of growth in exports, 
and this is a uh, certainly a continuation of that and perhaps a little bit of a bump. And Tony, how about on the non-manufacturing side? Well, on the non-manufacturing side, we have 29% of our respondents uh, indicate that they export, they report on exports. And looking at the diffusion index um, from the first half of uh, 2014, what was predicted last December, the index came in at 62.8%, not as strong as what we see on the manufacturing side. And then what is predicted um, for the for 2015 is now 66%. So they're saying that exports have increased, um, you know, year over year. And looking at it, um, you know, the export is exported out of non-manufacturing is always the question that's posed to me. And most often it's in the technology arena. It's in the consult, you know, consulting arena. When I say technology, it's, you know, information. It's, it's, um, it's the architecture, the know-how. It's the knowledge management. Uh, we also see it in the professional, scientific, and technical services arena, as well as the management of companies. So those are the uh, primary um, uh, industries that uh, actually export uh, for the non-manufacturing sector. Yes, and I should add on the on the manufacturing side that exports largely represents finished products going overseas. So when we have our show on the twenty-third. Uh, regarding the uh, L.A. port issue, uh, I think that we'll introduce your numbers with the individual that we will be interviewing and seeing what he feels or how he feels if the strike is still going on by then, which is, it's looking like it will go through Christmas, New Year's, uh, especially being that uh, Washington is not getting involved in this at all. Um, see if they have any insight into uh, the the negative aspect and how it might impact uh, your forecast numbers. Uh, hopefully uh, it w- won't come to that, but I, I the way things are going and this uh, port issue has actually been going on now, I believe since uh, June or July. Am I correct, Tim? Yeah, actually the contract expired uh, July 1st. Um, it didn't really begin to heat up badly until uh, the uh, holiday rush. Really, those uh, goods start coming in uh, August through October. And right around the end of October, uh, the uh, uh, Pacific Maritime Association claims that the uh, International Longshoremen and Warehouse Union began to slow down uh, containers coming off ships, and that's now... Uh, kind of backing up uh, container storage ships on the ocean. As you mentioned, Lou, the other day, there are 50 or 60 container ships bobbing around on the Pacific. Well, even if those ships now do come in, uh, they don't have uh, hardware to haul it away. The the truckers have, uh, to a great extent, left Los Angeles because there's no work or very little work, and also the uh, U.S. railroad uh, uh, industry has uh, stopped sending trains out to the West Coast to pick up freight to bring it back to the Midwest or the East Coast. So it is um, really a major problem, and and we have been talking, gentlemen, to a lot of our customers uh, for All Metals and Forge Group who really are not aware to how severe this situation is becoming. And the fact that I think the only mainstream media that I think has been talking about it at all has been CNBC. Uh, none of the others have uh, picked up on it. They've been talking about uh, um, you know, unrest in the cities and uh, uh, you know, the Mideast scenario. But this, is, this directly affects us today. And uh, right. I, I find I find it shocking that nobody has, uh, except for us, no one has picked up on it and made any noise about it. Uh, I, I know you're well, in the I, news business of sorts. Have you heard any of this at all? You know, I congratulate you for for bringing this uh, to to everyone's attention uh, because you know, from my perspective, you're absolutely right. Uh, the mainstream media has been uh, very quiet. And uh, I'm not sure why that is, but it's obviously an important issue. 
and I think it's one that that really isn't uh, necessarily factored into our numbers, as I think Tony and I have mentioned. Um, you know, it's important that uh, our ports remain open, so hopefully that will get resolved. But it'll be interesting to hear from your your next guest uh, later in the month with more details on that. Let's cover have... imports uh, uh, quickly and then uh, uh, wrap up in a few minutes. Um, on the manufacturing side, when we talk about imports, we're talking about largely imports of raw materials and to some extent subassemblies. A year ago, uh, our diffusion index on the import side was 63.5% predicted in 2013 for the first half of 2014. That's jumped up nearly three points for 2015 first half to 66.1%. So a little bit of a boost there, and uh, we have seen imports uh, uh, growing for, I think it's 22 consecutive months. So this uh, is a prediction for continuation of the same and perhaps a little bit more. Tony, how does the non-manufacturing side look in terms of imports? Well, one thing about imports for non-manufacturing, it does include tangible goods as well as services, and 42% of our respondents do import. And looking at uh, what was reflected uh, for the first half of 2014, uh, predicted last year was 59.2%. And even with uh, reshoring efforts, we're going to see the imports grow to uh, 67.6%. That's what's predicted for the first half of 2015 for non-manufacturing. Well, Brad, we'll be interested as the monthly reports begin to come out um, how the import uh, situation looks because I know that we import a lot of chemical products, rubber and plastics that go into manufacturing. Tony, I'm sure there's uh, imports that come in on your side as well that impact uh, uh, those respondents from the survey. So we'll We'll keep an eye on that as your monthly reports come out. How about the business revenues? Uh, what do those look like moving forward? Revenues on the manufacturing side, again, up 5.6%. That's a healthy increase uh, for 2015. And, again, that's two percentage points higher than we're reporting as uh, actuals or, or really predicted for the entire year 2014. And on the non-manufacturing side, uh, Tony? What we saw in 2014 was a 5.1% increase up from what was predicted at 2.7% and a very robust 10% is forecasted for 2015. That's certainly robust. That's excellent. And let me remind our listeners that this report, which came out just after 10 o'clock this morning, is available at www.ism.ws as are the monthly reports, but you certainly want to get your hands on a copy of this report so that you can review it. And it looks like profit margins will also do fairly well next year. Is that right, Brad? Yes. If you kind of put put these numbers side by side, look at the input numbers of uh, prices of raw materials at 1.5%, labor and benefits at 3.2%. Those are not additive, of course. Uh, they're in, in proportion to the composition of, uh, of manufacturing, but with uh, revenues up 5.6%, then there's certainly plenty of room for, for margin expansion and uh, good profitability, which will help uh, tremendously. And on the non-manufacturing side, Tony, how do profit margins look? Uh, profit margins look good. Um, it's definitely, as Brad said, uh, we're increasing from uh, what was reported last December for, for April through November was a 52.5% diffusion index, now up to 60%, which indicates that more is drilling to the bottom line uh, when you take into consideration the uh, cost of goods sold, cost of services, and, and uh, you know, washed against uh, the revenues. Brad, let's talk about a business comparison the first half of 2015 compared to the last half of 2014. How does your annual forecast, and just to remind our listeners, it will be updated in April, 
Um, and correct me if that's going to be April or May, Brad. How does it look for manufacturing? Well, for manufacturing, again, the the last half of 2014 is is the base on which we asked this question, and uh, relative to the first half, we found that uh, 48% of our respondents said it was going to be better in the first half next year. 43% said same, and only 9% worse, and that uh, gives us an overall diffusion index of 69.5. And on the non-manufacturing side, uh, Tony, how did your respondents compare last half of 2014 with the first half of 2015? Well, the, the diffusion index actually came in uh, the same. It came in at 71%. Uh, when you look at uh, the only differences uh, because of how the diffusion index is, is compiled, um, for predicted in December of uh, 2014, we're seeing 47% saying better and 48% the same with 5% worse. And when you're looking at, and that's for the second half, and when you're looking at the first half of 2015 versus the last, last half, it's a 50% better, 42% the same, and 8% worse. And as I mentioned, you know, not to be redundant, but still 71% diffusion index. So that's that's a very good number as far as the outlook is concerned. And, Brad, now we're going to push the envelope a little bit, but it's in your report, this, the second half of 2015 compared with the first half in manufacturing. Yes. Um, again, the, the first half uh, diffusion index, 69.5. Our second half diffusion index is 67, so down just a touch um, by the um, by the individual uh, responses, 44% said the second half of 2015 would be better than the first half. That's 44%. 46% said same and 10% worse. So uh, 67%, that's down a couple percentage points from the diffusion index uh, roll-up for the, for the first half. And, you know, that's interesting relative to, I think, recent years where the second half was generally predicted to be better than the first half. Uh, this is about uh, about even, Stephen, if you will. Okay. Now, I know you asked two special questions in the report, and we uh, kind of jumped forward and talked about one of them in terms of jobs. The second one is on reshoring, Brad. How, how uh, Give our listeners how that question was phrased and what your respondents said in terms of uh, that special question. Right, right. We asked... Um, this next special question as to whether organizations plan on reshoring significant volumes of manufacturing or business processes uh, in 2015. And for manufacturing, 10.4% responded, yes, they do plan to reshore significant volumes, but 58.8% responded no with uh, the remaining 30.8% uh, indicating not applicable. So of the 58.8, nearly 60% of respondents which, which said no, the reasons for saying no was number one, that the cost advantage of offshoring was still too favorable. That came in at 53.7% of, of the total. The next uh, most popular response was Shortage of usable plant asset capacity in the U.S. at only 6.5%. Shortage of labor was next at only 1.9%. Uh, cost of transition too high, 12%. So that's a, mm. a, a meaningful number. Mm -hmm. uh, political commitment to the host country, 3.7%. And other, 22.2%. So again, the, the top... Uh, two responses in terms of of uh, w which response uh, was indicated as their main reason. Number one, cost advantage of offshoring still too favorable, and number two, cost of transition too high. And Tony, how about on the non-manufacturing side? Well, the non-manufacturing side lined up um, in the same order as manufacturing. Percentage breakdown is slightly different. Um, cost advantage of offshoring still too favorable at 52.1%. 
shortage of usable plant asset capacity in the U.S. is at 6.3%. Shortage of applicable labor in the U.S. at 2.1%. Cost of transition too high at 10.4%. And political commitment to the country, 12.5%, which is quite high uh, considering when you look at the overall breakdown. And then other is at 16.7%. I uh, I have a question, and I'm sure that there are those out in listening land uh, also don't uh, follow the the statement about the political commitment to the host country. Could you explain that to our listeners? Well, on the non-manufacturing side, especially when you're looking at, uh, as I mentioned, the industry breakdown information and technology, uh, knowledge management, uh, the professional scientific technical services, management of companies, um, those are all um, high-touch areas when it comes to relationships and relationship building and making sure that um, that you are aligned with uh, the municipalities, the government agencies that exist in those you know geographic regions uh, across the globe. So in essence, uh, for non-manufacturing, it's, it's all about the relationship building and making sure uh, there is that commitment to the to the host country. Uh, Tony, is there? I know that there's so much more that we could go into on this report, but in summary, is there anything that you would like to share with our listeners as we begin to wrap up the show? And, and then I want to go to Brad with this same question. I'm sorry, as far as... In the report overall, Tony, is there anything else that you would like to share with our listeners other than they, they really should get a copy of it because there's, there's a lot we weren't able to cover in this short time? Well, I think that we, we didn't maybe drill into a lot of the detail on some of these, but we did uh, get a really good overview of what the report is about. And when you look at, uh, you know, most importantly, uh, in summary, looking at non-manufacturing and, and how – um, our respondents feel about the direction of the economy, and the overall attitude is that it's it's mostly positive. We've had 89% of the respondents predicting that 2015 will be the same or better as 2014. We see that reflected in the monthly report on business, and we're seeing that uh, in the semiannual forecast. And you know, taking into consideration, you know, geopolitical uh, concerns, uh, as, as was mentioned here about the. Uh, the port over here in California, and I can tell you, uh, residing here in California, it's not making front page uh, news here, and, I, and I'm sitting here. So it's definitely uh, flying below the radar. But putting that all aside, uh, respondents do feel that uh, 2015 is going to be a good year, and that there is definitely more confidence um, by our respondents as to the direction of the economy and overall business condition. Well, uh, and I know you both you gentlemen have to run. Uh, Tony, I want to thank you for being on the show. And, and Brad, I want to go to you for uh, kind of a wrap-up of, of this uh, annual forecast for our listeners. Yeah, we can summarize manufacturing um, by, by looking at the responses on the outlook uh, for the next 12 months. Again, 93% of our respondents indicated that 2015 will be better or the same as uh, 2014. Uh, That produces an overall diffusion index of 75.5, and that compares very favorably to the diffusion index from a year ago for 2014 of 65.5. So it's a full 10 percentage points above uh, the expectations Uh, a year ago, and so uh, it's very much an optimistic picture that we're painting, Um, and we we hope that, you know, all other, you know, issues, as you mentioned, the port strike and and everything else uh, just gets gets resolved and and is attenuated so that we can take advantage of this uh, bullish forecast. Gentlemen, I'd really like to thank the two of you uh, for being here today, and it was, certainly was informative, and uh, everyone should go get their own copy at uh, ism.ws. Uh, also, those of you who have not listened to the entire show here, 
you can listen to it in about an hour, an hour and a half from now, and you'll be able to listen to the entire show at mfgtalkradio.com. And I think we are coming up to a wrap. And, Tim, thank you much. And uh, we'll see you again next week. Take care, folks. Thanks for joining us on Manufacturing Talk Radio. You can hear our next broadcast each Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at mfgtalkradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.